Hello everybody, my name is Marshall and welcome back to the DoodleCast or welcome if you are new. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about something that everyone has been dealing with recently and that's COVID-19. I'm going to be talking about the effects on the art industry in specific though, how different branches of the art industry have been affected, and actually how people in my personal life have been affected as well. I also have an interview with an artist who is able to actually make her dreams come true and start up her own business during the pandemic. So I have a wide range of negative and positive perspectives on the pandemic and how it's affected all of us, so let's dive right into it. Now just to start out with it, nobody has had a 100% positive experience with COVID. I will say that right at the get-go. So when I say that some people have had these really great experiences or some people have had these really negative experiences, that's not me trying to invalidate anybody's experience personally. It's all been very crazy and extremely unique for each person. So these are just a few that stuck out that almost seemed a little either extreme in one way or the other depending on how it was. And just that I found interesting because there were so many new things that we had to deal with and out of all the times to be born, of course, we all are now born and alive in this time of a global pandemic, which hasn't happened in a while. And obviously a lot's updated since the last global pandemic. So being able to adapt so quickly or lack of adapting <laughs> has caused a lot of stress and tension for literally everybody on the planet. So this is just something to help bring us together in our struggles or in our victories because truly this pandemic has been interesting, let's just say. But I'm going to kick off this episode with a positive and very interesting experience that I have learned about and that is from an interview with Doodle Sweater Cat. She is an artist that I follow on Instagram and I absolutely love. She's done amazing art. Personally, my favorite stuff of hers are her Animal Crossing and Nintendo stuff, but that's also because I'm a huge Nintendo junkie. But I had the absolute pleasure of having an interview with her about how she managed to make art be her nine to five job than a regular like office job in the midst of a pandemic. Because to me, that's insane. That is so miraculous because there are so many businesses that had to close down, that had to shut down, that just completely halted because of this. But to open a business during such a crazy time takes a lot of guts and a lot of strength. So I am very inspired by this story and I hope you guys will be too. The first question I asked this lovely lady was, what made you decide to switch from your day job to being a full-time artist? Now she did send me these in voice messages, so I am just paraphrasing in my own words what she said, but she said that she had always wanted to be an artist and eventually she was just able to switch over because financially she just had that space where it lined up and she took the leap. and. To me, that's extremely bold. I don't know if I'd have the guts to do that. I think that's extremely brave and inspiring. And just being able to say, yeah, I took a leap. That is so cool to me. <laughs> just when she had said that, I was like, that's amazing. Because sometimes when you take a leap, you really don't know how it's going to end out. You really don't know what's at the end of the tunnel. You don't know if you're going to leap and then fall flat on your face or if you're going to leap and all of a sudden you're just going to keep leaping and leaping until you're skipping and doing fantastic. So to me, I just thought that that response was pretty cool. 
And then I also asked if she had any sort of special training or college classes and she actually did not. She fully did this all on her own and was able to have that determination and that drive to do it. And again, that's all inspiring to me because a lot of people think that when you're starting a business, you need to have all of these professional certificates or you need to have such and such bill or whatever. You need to spend this much money to be able to go for it. But really, it's just a matter of your personal education and how much you feel you know and you feel you're prepared. There's nothing wrong with getting those certificates, but I feel like a lot of people, including myself, sometimes take a step back because we're worried about, you know, oh, well, do I need this certification or do I need this degree to be able to take that jump into what I want to do? And really, it's more about your personal skills and your personal knowledge rather than having a piece of paper that shows it. And I think that's wonderful. And when asking about her schooling and training and everything and her background in art, I also just thought it was really cool because she said that when she was a tiny Lauren, she started drawing and she actually got in trouble a lot for drawing during class in high school. And I feel like a lot of us artists have a very similar experience with that because you just want to draw. And when you have that passion to draw or when you have an idea, you just have to draw it right then or you forget it later or you run out of the motivation. So I completely related to that. And that just kind of warmed my heart a little because I feel like that's definitely a shared experience we've all had as artists, rather it's singing during class or drawing during class or whatever. If you are a creative soul, you are just constantly found doing that 24-7. Rather you like it or not, it's just a constant part of you. So I thought that that was pretty cool myself. Now, when talking about quarantine and the pandemic specifically and how it affected herself, her art, and her business, I found this very interesting because she said it was mostly a positive experience because she was able to sell to a larger audience due to the fact that most people were at home and couldn't shop in public. And to me, I didn't even think about that because if you are, you know, not shopping in stores, where else are you shopping? Online. So more people were drawn to small businesses online, more people were drawn to small artists or larger artists, and they were able to build up a following through that. So I found that interesting just because with the lack of jobs and the lack of people that were out, I would assume because of people not having money that it would have just caused everybody to kind of start saving and hoarding. But then again, those people who do work from home had that luxury of being able to already have that money to spend. So I thought that was interesting, her saying that it was mostly a positive experience because she was able to actually gain a larger audience from something that would presumably deteriorate your audience. So that also just shows a lot of talent on her end with her art and her products because she does phenomenal stuff. So the fact that she was able to get a larger audience just due to that, I think is so inspiring. Now, the downside to this was she was saying that there were actually some conventions she had lined up and she had to shut down with that. So she didn't get the personal interaction that she wanted from those. But then again, because those conventions were out and presumably she had already announced that she'd be at A, B, and C convention like most artists do, again, those people turned to online and things like that just so that way they could still get their dose of nerdy content because I know I was doing the same. I actually went to KatsuCon the month before everybody figured out that the pandemic was coming and we still thought that, you know, oh, it was just one person across the sea. It's not a big deal. So I was lucky on that end where I had one convention before this all started, but 
personally, that is something that I really miss too, is conventions and being able to go out and see fellow nerds in a herd. <laughs> so I can completely understand how that could be hard as well. But again, it also drives more people to those small businesses, so beneficial. Now with having her own business, she said the most gratifying part is not having a boss and having lots of independence and being able to make others happy with her art. And I thought that that was so sweet because I feel like at the end of the day, that's what all of us want to do is make others happy or invoke some sort of positive reaction or emotion with what we do. So the fact that that was one of the most gratifying things to her still, even though art was her hobby and now it is her job, and she still has that same goal is very heartwarming because I feel like some of us are afraid of doing that because we're afraid it loses its spark. But she still just wants to make others happy and she still just wants to share that love and creativity that she already has. So I think that that is beautiful. Also, I can imagine that being your own boss is very lovely. <laughs> I've always been one where I'm very headstrong and I either like to be the boss or I like to not have one. And if I ever do have a boss, I'm respectful and everything, but definitely I will admit I get stubborn sometimes and I will kind of challenge that a little, but that's just my personality. So I can imagine in a way where you get to create it yourself and you are giving to an audience that wants more from you, that can be extremely gratifying. Now, the difficult question that I asked was, how was your mental health in quarantine? And like many others, she said it was, and I quote, a disaster. <laughs> She had many panic attacks, a lot of anxiety, and like a lot of us, was struggling. But she personally said that she changed her routines, adapt, and overcame. And again, that's what I feel like a lot of us had to kind of do in that scenario. So she was able to take that negative feeling of mental health weighing on you, and she was able to almost use it as rocket fuel, which I think if there's anything that you get from this podcast or this episode is that you can always use those negative emotions to fuel something good and to fuel yourself into a more positive space and i think that that is the most inspiring and hopeful thing in the world so i love that answer that she said you know she changed her routines and everything because if you do find yourself stuck in that spot of hardships sitting there and doing nothing and just wallowing in it isn't going to help. You need to make sure that you're being proactive about it in the best way that you can in the state that you are in. So I thought that that was an amazing answer and I hope that that gives you guys some inspiration too. Finally, I talked to her and I just asked if she had any advice for small artists or people who are starting off and ultimately she said start off slow and enjoy what you're doing. If you put in the work and you thoroughly enjoy what you're doing, the growth will come, but you also have to be patient. And I can't agree more with that. I'm still growing and I have a decent following. I am working on all of my social media and I feel like others who are listening are as well. And it doesn't happen overnight, but those little small victories that happen once you're patient feel so gratifying just because you have put in the time and the work and the effort. So keep at it and keep going and ultimately just enjoy what you do, which is what I am all about. Personally, I had such a lovely time talking with Lauren. She was so sweet and I absolutely loved her positive energy with all of this. So make sure you go check her out. And Lauren, if you're listening, thank you so, so much for letting me interview you for today's podcast episode. And if you did not catch her Instagram, it is doodle sweater cat. 
go check her out. She has fantastic artwork and it's the most adorable thing ever. Now, on the other end of this, there are people who have had very difficult experiences. So I am going to talk about a very close friend of mine who I'm going to call Robert for the sake of privacy reasons. But Robert is somebody who I've been friends with for a long time and he is a fantastic artist. But at the start of quarantine, he was having some difficulties, especially considering him and I are both at the age where we were going into college. Now, personally, I am not going to college. I am continuing education through salon work and through my own personal endeavors just because I am not a college person. But he originally wanted to go to college for theater and with having college online, it's a very different thing than having it in person. Now, obviously it's understandable that we had to have it online because of the pandemic and everything completely understandable, but it still wasn't the same. And he actually found out that he didn't really want to do theater. And so he ended up taking a break from college after his first semester, which is completely understandable because I know a lot of my friends who are in college are saying that no matter if you're in an art major or a psychology major or a scientific major, it's extremely difficult and it's not what you're expecting. So he was actually able to switch his major, luckily in that first year, because he immediately was like, you know, something's off. And of course, on top of all this, while being in a global pandemic and starting out college, he also had carpal tunnel syndrome in both of his hands, and he was actually dealing with some personal LGBT identity stuff. So on top of all of this, he just felt like he needed to be on hiatus. He couldn't create as much as he wanted to. And as much as it broke my heart to see him not be able to create, and the same with his own, he actually ended up coming out of it, and especially recently, appreciating art more and actually knowing more of his value in his own art, which I am super proud of him for. Proud of you, Robert. You know who I'm talking about. You know I'm talking about you. Not you, but you. Yes, you, Robert. Yes, you, Robert. <laughs> and that small break, though, at the time, it was frustrating it actually did well for him in the long run. So it sort of was like a blessing in disguise, if you will. But I know that for him personally, it was a very hard thing to go through. And I'm very proud of him because he used his resources. And that's why I'm sharing his story with all of you guys, because no matter how much crap he went through and how much stuff was thrown at him, he still managed to come out of it. And he is doing so much better now. And I'm so, so proud of him. He is such a cool guy and I honestly just feel like he has grown so much from these hard times. I made sure that I helped him as much as I could and he managed to stay strong even though a lot of things he was just running into a wall with. So even if you have struggles like these, just remember my pal Robert and if he could get through this train wreck of stuff, you can too. Now personally, my experience with COVID it was very strange. It was very weird. Um, I would say overall it had a very interesting effect on my mental health and overall I genuinely don't know what to think about it. It was stressful, it was crazy, but it also helped make me a better person I believe. So I would say mine's in between the very bad and the very good. It's that weird like positive negative middle gray area. But to start out with it, I was actually finishing out cosmetology school. And for those of you who don't know, to get a cosmetology license, you need to, in each state, perform so many hours of services 
Uh, I believe mine was around 1,500 or 2,000 hours total, and your teachers track that. So for a career that is artistic and revolves around being with people, it was very, very, very difficult to practice while we were at home. So basically the teachers just had to send us home with all of our stuff and mannequins and just trust that we were practicing at home. Now, rather if all the people in my class did that or not, I don't think that everyone did, but I know personally I tried to put my best foot forward and I'll be honest, some days I had to do work and I just was so defeated and so depressed, I stayed in bed and it was very difficult for me. There was also online work that we had to do with reading a book or rather watching a tutorial or a video and the website would actually track how many hours you were on there. And even that was just hard because not being around people in a social artistic industry is so hard, especially because I am a huge extrovert. I am introverted in a sense where I have, I have my limits, but overall I love people and I love being around people and I love talking to people. If you can't tell already that I love to talk. So it was just draining and hard to not have that. It was honestly very difficult. Now, specifically for the state of Maryland, which is where I am licensed in, you have to take a practical test and you have to take a theory test. Practical is when you perform all these skills on a mannequin and then the teacher checks you. You do it all at once um, with the class. Originally, the state board was supposed to come to our school and then you perform, let's say, curling iron techniques or hair drying techniques or whatever it might be in front of them but you can't talk and you can't make a mistake or you fail. Then theory is just what it sounds like. Theory was just, you know, a regular test, like about the science of hair, which sounds weird, but yes, there is science of hair and generally about technique and more book smart work. Now in that last month, we were supposed to get a whole bunch of training on how to do the practical part and we were supposed to have it down pat by memory. But obviously, we didn't get that. We were at home. They couldn't come to our house and teach us. So all of the girls and guy, I mean singular guy, there was only one guy in my class, had to just practice it on their own. Basically, if you got your cosmetology license at the end of the day, it was up to you. And that was very daunting for me. But that also kind of put a fire under my ass a little bit because I wanted it. I want to do cosmetology. I feel like it is my career. So I practiced as much as I could. And then instead of them coming to us, we had to drive two hours away and get a spot one day at one place and one day at another. And it was so terrifying because we were with about two or three other strangers that we didn't know. Now I was super lucky and I accidentally got a test day with another girl who was in my class who was super sweet. So I feel extremely lucky on that end. She was so nice and so supportive and I tried to hype her up as well. And we actually got both days together. But nine times out of 10, this did not happen. We just were very, very, very lucky. So already it was very stressful to be there alone, not knowing anybody, and the room is silent. If you talk, you fail. They lock up your phones in a bag. They stare you down and they don't even call you by their name. They call you candidate one, two, three, and four. Now this is just their job. It's not because they're trying to be rude. This is just procedure. It is a very serious, legitimate thing. So the fact that we didn't have that time to, you know, practice in an atmosphere like that 
and we were just kind of thrust into it without, you know, the approval or denial of a teacher was absolutely stressful. But personally, I passed both of them on my first go. So I'm very proud of myself for that. And I'm very proud of all the girls and guy in my class who were able to get their license. And if they didn't, again, I'm still proud that they tried because it was a very grueling process at the end of it. And it is a very artistic field, but also there is so much science involved in it when it comes to chemistry of the hair that I could definitely see how some of the girls and guy um, got really stumped with the theory. Personally, theory was very easy for me. I just remember things very quickly, but for me, it was more practical that was nerve-wracking just because people staring at you and nobody was able to give me pointers in person about what I was doing. I just had to trust that when I sent a video or asked a question that they saw everything that they needed to see. So to me, that was more intimidating than the theory necessarily. Now, during that time as well, with my more traditional art skills, I actually took part in March's Honest, which was the Unis Honest challenge where every day you had to do something to get better at it. And mine was drawing hands. And that was a huge motivator for me. I actually do feel like that daily practice was very helpful. And that's something that kind of kept me going because March was when it really hit around my school and my town. Actually, the week before my 18th birthday is when it all shut down. And we were originally told that it was going to be a two-week vacation. It's not. Flash forward to, like, more than a year later, here we are. <laughs> but originally, we were told it was a two-week vacation, and I was devastated. So that helped push me through it. And art definitely was something that made it worthwhile and was something that I still had no matter how lonely I was, but mental health wise, it was awful. I am not going to lie. I am not going to sit around and be like, oh yeah, I was so positive. I did great during it. No, I did horrible. Um, I felt so isolated and depressed. I would call my partner and ask him if he wanted to do something with no intention of actually doing something. I just wanted to pretend like I had plans. <laughs> And he just started going along with it sometime. Like, we would never do it. It's just, I needed that so that way I could at least have serotonin for, like, two seconds thinking that I might actually be able to go out and, like, go to Michael's for something. But it was very difficult. Personally, I have depression and anxiety and I have ADD. Now, at the time, I was unaware of that, but I just found myself bored constantly and just missing people. And especially because I'm a huggy, touchy person, I missed that physical contact. And you can definitely see it in my art. Around the time where I was very low in the pandemic, that's definitely where a lot of my drawings switched to more of like a edgier kind of style. Or I would definitely draw things like my fixations, like Miraculous Ladybug or like my comfort shows, just because that's what would make me happy at the time. So I either draw something that you know, was very specific and I draw a lot of that or randomly just be like an angsty, gory monster. And, you know, that's just how I felt. So it definitely had a huge effect on my quality of art and the subject of my art. But back to cosmetology, I did end up getting a job at a salon. Uh, now I am not working there anymore, but I am currently in the process of moving to a different salon, though it was very difficult because once we were able to open back up, I believe it was around June, it was scary. So scary because nobody really knew what to do. But at that 
point, it had been since March, and people needed haircuts, people needed money, people needed to keep going, you know? We realized that it's a pandemic, but life still needs to continue, or else, you know, nothing's gonna happen just because we weren't seeing the support that we needed. I know, personally, the business that I worked at, they weren't able to get any sort of financial compensation. They are a small business, and they saw nothing. They had to pay all of their rent out of pocket, and that is from my knowledge. I don't know if recently they've gotten anything, but in that time, we saw nothing from any sort of like government funds, any sort of like relief funds. We saw absolutely nothing in terms of financial support for that. So it was extremely, extremely difficult. And it was very scary because cosmetology is such a fun, lighthearted, artistic community. But to have to also constantly worry about if we're getting too close or constantly worry about, you know, who we are touching. Because in reality, cosmetologists touch people more than doctors do. We are constantly hovering around people looking at their hair, their face, their nails. We are constantly playing in their hair. And we are very, very close. It's just part of the job. So we had to be very selective with who we let in. We had to at first start with everyone having uh, these little papers to sign out about like, you know, have you been out of the state in this many times? Like, have you left your house? Do you know where you've been? Like we had to basically track these people and make sure that they were not connected to any source of COVID before we let them in just for protection. And it was stressful and terrifying, but it was something that just needed to happen. But at the same token, we did see a large boom after we were able to open, obviously because people needed their haircut, people really missed the salon experience. And we found that a lot of people had more appreciation for cosmetologists, for nail artists, for people who did like massage or anything under the cosmetology realm, just because it's something that is so small, but can really help somebody feel beautiful and help somebody feel complete even if it's just a haircut or just their nails done, it may not seem essential. And it's definitely not essential compared to like food workers or, you know, fire departments or nurses. But it was something that was just a little boost in that mental health dip. And a lot of people were very relieved once they heard that salons started opening back up more. Now, not to say that it wasn't warranted. I definitely believe that we should have had that time where everything was closed and I believe that that was very justified. But it was hard just because if you are so used to looking a certain way every single day and then having that touched up and then all of a sudden you're just letting yourself go and it's not like you want to. You're just forced to let yourself go and let all of those, you know, either flaws or just things that you don't really want to see come back it can be draining for some people because some people are very conscious of their outward appearance and rather that's a good thing, a bad thing, whatever. It's hard. So I really appreciated being able to help people feel beautiful again after that long depressing time of constantly feeling down and sad and just not worth it. So that was really special for me to be able to just help people get back into their normal routine of feeling good about themselves again. Now, personally, with mental health, eventually I did get it back up. Once I started working again, that was huge, and I made sure to just maintain my mental health through 
treating myself and through occasionally I would actually just put on makeup and like a nice outfit and just take a photo shoot or something stupid like that. But it was just those little routine things that I did to help with it and even now I still have some after effects of that quarantine period. I feel like it did make me a little more introverted and even when I just started out coming back to work, occasionally being in a room full of people would overwhelm me and that never happened before. So I'm still overcoming that part of it, but I was able to thrive and again, use those negative experiences to create new routines, to create new positive outlets and be able to push myself up again. So to anyone, even if it's not pandemic related, who is in a downswing right now, as I call it, just know that you can use that as fuel and it's not going to last forever because truly I know in the pandemic I felt like it was going to be so so long and that we were going to be in quarantine for like five years and I was going to be tearing my hair out but just know that it's never as bad as you really think it is. My rambles aside, all in all, COVID has been a very weird experience for all of us. It's something that I don't think any of us have prepared for or any of us have ever really thought we would see in our lifetime. But it's very difficult and great for each of us. We've all seen our own triumphs and our own failures. So just know that no matter what happens, you are not alone in this. You are not alone in these hard feelings and you have others that are dealing with the exact same thing you are. And at the end of the day, things will get better and you can use those negative experiences as a rocket fuel towards a greater and better future. But for now, that is the end of today's episode. I hope I was able to give you guys a little bit of hope or inspiration or able to share things that maybe resonated with you and made you just feel a little bit better. And a huge, huge, huge shout out to Doodle Sweater Cat, aka Lauren, for letting me interview her for this special episode. I really appreciated it and I love sharing your story and I loved hearing about it. Please be sure to go check her out on all social media and make sure to check out all of my social media at boo.doodles or boo.doodle.art. If you like the podcast, please be sure to give me a follow and make sure to let me know if you have any specific episodes that you would like to see in the near future. I already have some pretty cool ones cooked up for you guys that I'm very excited about, so stay tuned. But other than that, I will see you guys in the next episode. Make sure to stay tuned and doodle on.